Well, good morning. There's people with handkerchiefs and wiping of eyes and such. Man, I've got to try to follow that. Well, it's good to see everybody this morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas in the house. Come on, come on. Can I get a big, loud amen from somebody? Mom, if you are watching this, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, you're probably at church, uh, so you are not watching this. But if you do, I don't want the day to pass without you knowing that I said Happy Mother's Day to you publicly. Um, anyway, I'm so glad that you guys are here today. Um, and just, man, just thankful to spend a little bit of time with you. Thankful for our team for putting that song together, man. We got such awesome, creative people. Um, and, and there's going to be some symmetry between kind of the message of that song and, uh, and the message of today. I don't know if you know this or not, but the kingdom of God is, is being led by Jesus. It's being built by, um, by his work in us, but it doesn't happen without the prayers of a lot of praying mamas. And so moms, we just want to take a moment, honor you. And, um, uh, man, I'm excited to dive into a message that God's put on my heart today. Um, I believe that today's message is going to be life-giving for every person, uh, regardless of whether you are a mom or not, a woman or not, an adult or not. I believe that the message that God's put on my heart will be life-giving to everybody. And, and um, I know that today uh, covers really a, a whole spectrum of emotions. Um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's some moms that are expectant that are, that are with us today. Uh, there are some moms that are some moms of some little ones today. They're the ones that are carrying two cups of coffee. Uh, there are some moms of some teenagers. There's some mamas of some grown kids. There are some mamas who uh, are, are grandmamas that are here. But there's also uh, some folks that are here today, as Chris mentioned, that are celebrating uh, Mother's Day today for the first time without your mama. And there are some there's some mamas that are here today that for one reason or another, you're estranged from your child. There are some women in the house today that so desperately want to be a mom. And there are some moms in the house today who have lost a child. And I just want you to know today that regardless of whatever primary emotion you feel on Mother's Day, I want you to know that all of it is welcome in the presence of God. And that God sees all of it and as scripture says, he weeps with those who weeps. He rejoices for those who rejoice. And as your pastor, I want you to know that that's not lost on me. And, and I want to be able to do the same today, regardless of how you're feeling today about Mother's Day. Um, I, I, I believe that God has sent me here with a simple goal, a simple goal to bring a message that will bring some biblical encouragement, because come on, we all need some biblical encouragement, especially in the climate that we're living in right now. And I hope to bring a little bit of biblical direction because it doesn't matter how old you are, you, you're never too old to receive some direction from the Lord, from his word. And, and that's my hope today. Um, and so I, I hope that uh, as we dive into it, I hope everybody will pay attention, but uh, if you'll forgive me, we're gonna, we're gonna zoom in on the ladies, we're gonna zoom in on the mamas, is that okay? Four guys said, yep. <laughs> I did the best I could, fellas. This may come as a shock to you, but I am not a mom. I don't know what it's like to be a mom. Being a preacher on Mother's Day is kind of like being a male OB. I can read about it. I can ask questions about it, but I got no idea what it's really like. 
You can explain it to me, but I don't know how it feels. And so I'm going to do the best that I can, as faithfully as I can, to clumsily walk through and try to be, uh, bring a message that will bring some encouragement and some instruction to you today. So since I'm not a mom, I spent some time talking with Jess today or over the last few weeks, just kind of picking her brain on some things. And she shared some things, some insights that are on her heart. And uh, she does her thing with a mic and music. Um, and if she ever see her doing her thing, you know, with a microphone and preaching, either the Shekinah glory has fallen or I'm going to need a place to sleep uh, if she's preaching. Um, because she does not enjoy that. But, but I bring, brought a message today that God's put in my heart titled, Trust in the Father. And, 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 and here's the big idea that I want you to walk away with today. A lot of times as, as a pastor, as a preacher, what I try to do is in a message, I'll try to build some curiosity. I'll try to build some tension. I'll try to, to build everything up and kind of deliver the big aha moment at the end of the message. But I'm not going to do that today. I'm just going to tell you right up front, here's the big idea. The big idea for today, ladies, and for anybody, but especially ladies, is that the strength you need as a mother is only found when you trust in the Father. That's it. You can pack up, you can put your Bibles away, you can go to brunch early. Uh, it, you know, you have, my, you have my permission if you need to, because this is it. This is the big idea. The strength you need as a mother is only found when you trust in the Father. And since nobody except one is getting up right now, uh, that just got really awkward. My apologies. She's taking care of a little one. Uh, God love you. I hope she comes back. No, we'll see. That's one of the things I always vowed to never do as a pastor, like call someone out from the stage and I just violated that. Anyway, but since you're still with me, I want to share with you some thoughts that God's been putting on my heart. Um, if you... Uh, if you know, if you've been with us for the last little bit, you know that we just wrapped up this series titled, I'm Losing My Religion. And the big thing that we've been learning is that, um, that, that Jesus never wants us to hold on to religion. He wants us to lose religion so that we can hold on to him. And that it's really, it's all about relationship. And so when we think about the context of relationship, it caused me to start doing some research. Um, do, you, do you know what the primary building block of every relationship is? Anybody have an idea? I mean, if you're going to say it, say it. I can't hear it. Trust. Anybody else? Communication. Anybody else? I'm sorry. Forgiveness. That's a great place to start, by the way. If you're engaged right now, that's the message for you. No, here's the deal. I, I used to think for the longest time that love was the building block of relationships. I mean, right, like stories have been written, songs have been sung, uh, movies have been, have been uh, done, all about the importance of love. And love is important, but love is not the primary building block of relationships. Somebody said it, trust is. Trust is the building block of every relationship. Because without trust, if I can't trust somebody, it affects the way that I'm going to love them. If we can think about it in the context of marriage just for a second, the reason why infidelity is so devastating to a marital relationship is not because of the love aspect. It's the trust aspect. Trust has been violated. And the reason why it's so difficult to come back from that in a marriage is it's not because whether or not you love them or don't love them, it's because the trust that you had in them has been so shattered and broken that you don't know if it could ever be built back up. And so trust is the primary building block of relationship. Um, ladies, I will tell you this, that your relationship with God will be determined by the level that you trust in him. The level which you trust him to lead you, to guide you, 
to the level at which you will trust him with your kids. It's one of the hardest lessons as a parent is trusting God with our kids. And it's hard for us to wrap our mind around the reality that our kids were his kids before they were ever our kids. And that's a lot easier said than done. But I want you to see today um, that, that, that I believe that, that the reason why so many of us spend so much time being exhausted, frustrated, because we're striving and straining and reaching for things that we believe we have to acquire and attain and achieve on our own, all because we don't trust in the Father. And so I want to share with you four things today that when you trust in the Father, these are four things that you will do. And the first thing that you will do if you trust in the Father is you will wait. Isaiah chapter 40 uh, says this, and I want to start off by, by thinking about this in the context. Ladies, I want you to think about these first couple of questions that he asked in the, as if it's directed specifically to you. Isaiah forty twenty eight says, have you not known? Ladies, have you not heard? Mamas. That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. This is who our God is. This is a description of, uh, uh, these are not just adjectives that describe things about him. These are declarations that describe things that are true of him. He says he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Mamas, on those days where you don't have strength, when you don't have the might, when you don't have the power, when you're thinking, dear Lord, how did I get here? This is who he is. He gives strength to you. He will increase your strength. Notice he even says, verse 30, even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. So, so in, in the things that would cause even the young people to give up, that would cause the young strapping healthy, you know, the, 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 the college dude who thinks that he's bulletproof to cause him to tap out and give up. He says, but to those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If they shall mount up on wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It causes me to ask the question, how many times do we try to get ahead of God? Moms, if I may, for just a second, carefully, I want to step into your Kool-Aid for a second. How many times do you as a mom get ahead of God? That you see your little one, you see your child, young or old or, or wherever they are, and you think, man, the, the, I want them to have everything. I want them to have all uh, uh, of the opportunities. I want to make sure that, 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 that nothing gets in the way, that, that they don't miss out on anything. And, and sometimes we're motivated by the things that we see that other kids experience because of what their moms do. And then we begin to build this internal pressure of, well, well, if that's what a good mom does, then I want to make sure that I'm a good mom and I don't want my kid to miss out on what, on what that kid is doing. So, so I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And what happens is, is, is that at times as, as parents, it's true. And as moms, it's true that we get ahead of God and we, we don't wait on him. We, 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 we try to, we try to force our kids to grow up before they're ready. We try to push them into opportunities, but here's the problem with that. My Bible says that God is the one who opens the door that no man can shut. And he shuts the door that no man can open. 
So why do we put so much pressure? Why do we put so much weight on things? They're trying to measure up and match up to somebody, some um, obscure, um, somebody's made up expectation of what a good mom is. You see, when we trust in God, when you trust in the Father, then you will wait on him. You won't, you won't try to get ahead of him. You won't say, well, if my baby is going to be able to do this when they grow up, then at the age of four, they're going to be involved of all of these things. And fill your calendar up to the point that you're exhausted. All because somewhere along the way, the whisper of the enemy whispered into your soul, if you really loved your baby, you would fill in the blank. Listen, I just want you to know that God loves you and God loves your child more than you ever could. God says that he created your baby with a gift, with a purpose. So don't, don't get ahead of him. Don't, don't wear yourself out trying to push against the door that God has not yet opened and wait on him. And love your child where they are. Let me take a moment and talk to the ladies that are here that for one reason or another, you, you're not a mom yet. I know that this is incredibly sensitive ground. For whatever reason, you've not found Mr. Right yet. For whatever reason, you've not conceived yet. For whatever reason, you, you conceived, but you aren't able to, to deliver your child. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why that happens. But I know that God is good. And I know that God loves you. And God says, if you will wait on me, I will renew your strength. And if it's the desire of your heart to be a mother, either naturally or through adoption, I believe that God will open up the door of opportunity. Let me take a moment and speak specifically. I don't know who this is for, but God began this morning, I made a slight adjustment to my message to take a moment and say this to somebody. And you're gonna know who this is, that, that God is leading you somewhere. And right now, you, you spent this weekend, this past week thinking about, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna circumvent. I know where God is leading me, but I'm just gonna kind of do it my own way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get ahead of God. I'm gonna do it this way. Listen to me, I don't know who this is for, but I believe God is saying clearly to you, wait on me. Don't get ahead of me. You are going to wear yourself out. You're going to be exhausted and frustrated and disappointed and discouraged because I'm the one that opens that door. Wait on me. I'll open it when you're ready for it. When you trust in the Father, you will wait on him. Let me tell you the second thing that you'll do if you trust in the Father. You will rest. <laughs> I'm not talking about how many hours of sleep you get at night. All right, if you are a mother here of, of littles, um, man, I know what that's like. Uh, Jessica and I have been there, thankfully, praise the Lord. We're, we're, we're kind of on the other side of that now. Let me just tell you, there's pros and cons to it. The pros is you get to sleep a little bit more. The cons are you miss out on all the snuggles and the cuddles and the, the realization that they'll never need you more than they do right now. We had a little situation this morning. Jessica had told one of my kids to go change clothes and they said, but I don't want to wear that. I want to wear this. They don't do that when they're keeping you up at night. I'm gonna tell you that right now. 
you are just going to trade one thing for another. I stepped in and pulled the dad card. Excuse me? On Mother's Day? You get out there and just hand your clothes? My voice went up several octaves. This is what I'm talking about, ladies. I'm, I'm not talking about the type of rest that, that makes you feel good from a good night's sleep, although the Bible does say that God is the one who gives a good night's sleep. I'm talking about the type of rest that calms the racing heart, the type of rest that brings peace to the swirling thoughts and settles the anxiety that continually rises up. I want to take a look at one of the most famous passages of Scripture, Psalm 23, and Moms, I want you to look at it from perhaps a perspective you've never thought of it before. I want you to think about it as as being written and spoken to a mother. This is what it says. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When you trust in the father, you're going to allow him to shepherd you, moms. Then he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leaves me beside the still waters. You're going, oh, that sounds so nice. Oh, I can just... I can almost allow myself to daydream and and think of what that peace and tranquility and nobody interrupting me and asking me for something and saying, mom, 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 are you in there, mom, 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 mom. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still water. Sometimes you got to claim it. Notice this, mama, he will restore your soul. He will lead you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Can I tell you that God understands and sees the moments when you feel totally drained and totally depleted? The moments where you feel like you just don't have it. In our society, in our culture, it's kind of become a comical thing. Um, sometimes there'll be memes that float around. There'll probably several that float around today. Um, th- this whole idea of mama needs, right? And so we'll laugh about it. Mama needs a vacation. Mama needs a glass of wine. Mama needs a cup of coffee. Mama needs a day off. Mama needs some loving. Mama needs some chocolate. Mama needs y'all to get up out of here. As I've watched Jessica mother our babies for the last nine years, can I just tell you, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't get it, but I get it. And if I can just step in as your pastor, can I just say, there's a lot of things and we can laugh about it culturally, but, but there is a truth that's underneath it where the enemy from hell will try to convince you that what you need is something that you can reach out and grab a hold of. But as your pastor, can I just tell you, and I know this is going to sound super churchy, super cliche, but I believe it with everything that I have. Mama, what you don't, what you need is not another vacation. You don't need another glass of wine. You don't need a cup of coffee. You don't need anything. What you need is Jesus. What you need is to trust in the father. What you need is to allow him to shepherd you because there are going to be times where things are going to be difficult, but there are also going to be times if you will allow him to lead you and shepherd you and you will listen to his voice, he will lead you to a place where there can be green pastures and still waters, but you have to open your ears and listen to him when he's telling you to say no to some things. You see, there's places where he's going to lead you to, but you have to be willing to say yes to him, even if it means saying no to them. 
Even if it means sometimes saying, sweetheart, I love you to the moon and back. But I am not doing that. I am not going to stress myself out throwing you an Instagram party, Instagram worthy birthday party. You'll be just fine with a cake from Costco. And six months from now, you ain't going to play with any of that crap you're going to get for your birthday anyway. You'll be just fine. No, you don't need to be in a fourth rec league soccer, soccer league. Hey, listen, sometimes mamas, we need to learn to say no to ourselves. Our babies don't need to look like Instagram models. Our babies don't need to look like they've got the, just the right haircut. Sometimes we don't need to actually go the other way and just talk about how much we don't have it all together. Mamas, what you need is Jesus. What you need is to learn to listen to his voice and allow him to shepherd you. Because if you will, he promises, I will, there will be times of difficulty, but I will lead you into green pastures and besides still waters. He goes and he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Listen, you probably would never say this out loud and maybe you have. And if you have said it out loud, there is no condemnation in the house of the Lord today. But your babies and sometimes your spouse, and you probably have said this about your ex, they're not your enemies. Now, you probably wouldn't admit that, but but there are times you think about, get behind me, little Satan. Those moments where you feel like you need to just retreat and get in the car and just drive or barricade yourself in the closet. Deep down in your heart, you know that they're not your enemies, but when they're swarming around like sharks, it feels like it. Can I just tell you something that, that one of the subtle things that the, that the devil will do is he will take the people you love most and convince you that they are against you. And even those little ones that can barely walk and barely talk, you love them. But there are times you're like, you are killing me. I haven't slept. I've lost count since the last time I slept. The enemy will weave himself in and he'll... He'll, 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 he'll twist things in the dynamics of relationships. But God says, listen, even when you feel that way, you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death that is your home at times. When you walk into the basement and you realize what they've done after you cleaned the house yesterday, I'm just preaching to my own house right now. Only an enemy would do that. When you walk into the house and your husband has made breakfast and left a mess and says, baby, I cooked, you clean. Maybe I'm just preaching my own self now. I don't know. When you trust in the father, you will rest. He will lead you to a place where you can rest. Here's the third thing. When you trust in the father, you'll flourish. 
Jeremiah 17 says, blessed is the man. I believe it's okay if I can take a little bit of liberty to say blessed is the woman. Blessed is the mama who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For she shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its root by the river and will not fear the heat when it comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Can I tell you, you don't need me to tell you this. There's times where the heat in life gets cranked all the way up to 11. There are times where the pressure is high, things are tense, maybe things aren't quite right with you and your spouse, or maybe, maybe things are difficult as you're doing the co-parenting thing with you and your ex, and things are just really difficult. There's complications at work, the money is tight, the schedule is crazy, and the heat is up. When you trust in the Father in those moments, he's saying, listen, I'll make sure that you flourish. But what's required, notice what it says, shall be like a tree planted by, by the waters. What, what you've got to do, moms, is you've got to learn to dig your roots deep into the love and the grace and the truth of the Father. I think sometimes, moms, that one of the difficulties is that we, that, not we, I'm not a we. Moms, sometimes what happens is, is that there's so many things that vie for your attention. So many little hands that are pulling on you. So many demands, so many things that need to get done. In the midst of talking about self-care, we, we might take the time to do self-care, but we rarely take the time to do soul care. Listen, hear me. This is not a, a, a intended to be condemnation of if you're not getting your 30 minutes with the Lord or whatever that is every single day, then you're screwing it up, messing up. Can I tell you, God doesn't look at you that way. Jesus looks at you and understands, ooh, you are busy. But mamas, what you've got to do is you've got to find a way. Above prioritizing, making sure your kid's hair looks good and the clothes are right and they've got just the right lunch and the special little handwritten note or, 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 or the, the bills are paid or the stuff is done, you've got to learn to prioritize making time for your soul. I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the cliche stuff. I'm talking about the kinds of dependency on Jesus that you begin to, to build where you begin to recognize that every moment, every day, every breath, every step is done in dependence and desperation in need of the presence and power of God in your life. And the only way you can get there is when you prioritize the disciplines of spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer, making time for worship, surrounding yourself with a community of fellow believers. All of those things take time and all of those things are necessary and all of those things are gonna require you to say no to something else. But when you trust in the Father, when you'll trust your calendar, when you'll trust your busyness, when you'll trust your task, when you'll trust your soul to the Father, he will lead you to flourish. And not only that, notice what it talks about when it talks about the drought. He says when the, in the year of drought, so now we're not just talking about a dry spell. We're not just talking about unseasonably warm weather. We're talking about the year of drought where everything that you look around you just looks barren and brown and dry and desolate. You feel that parched sense in your soul. When you have trusted the Father to allow your roots to grow deep into him, Notice what it says, that you won't cease from yielding fruit. 
that even in those drought moments, mamas, that you can continue to bear fruit and you're not gonna know where it's coming from, but your life will continue to yield fruit that can sustain not just you, but those around you. What God is telling you today, if you'll trust in me, if you'll trust in the Father, then I will make sure that you flourish. So when you trust in the Father, you'll wait, you'll rest, you'll flourish. And and the last, and this is really the most important because this is the one that the other three really hinge on. When you trust in the Father, you'll surrender. More specifically, what I'm talking about is that you will surrender your identity. In Luke chapter one, we see the Virgin Mary finding out about um, the news from the angel that she's going to have a child. It's really hard to really contextualize how complicated and messy this would have made her. I mean, she, she's a teenage girl who's so excited. She's betrothed to a, a good man named Joseph and she loves him. She's excited to spend the rest of her life together with him. And, and she's talking with her mom about all of the wedding plans and all of the preparations. She's talking to her girlfriends about all the exciting things about the wedding day, about how she's nervous about the wedding night and, 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 and all of these things. And here she is out of, the, out of nowhere, an angel shows up and tells her, hey, Mary, um, you're pregnant. And he says it in much more, you know, biblical sounding language, but I promise you what she heard was, um, what? You don't understand. I know how that happens. And I haven't done that with him. Let me also clarify, or with anybody else. And the angel says, you are highly favored. I can promise you that in that moment was a convergence, a collision of her identity, of an identity that she had being a young teenage girl, excited to be married, looking forward to her life, to now the reality of a new identity in that day and age, knowing that she will have embarrassed her spouse or her betrothed husband, Joseph. And that based on the law of the land, he can, he can shame her, He can abandon her, and according to the law, if he wanted to, he could have pressed the issue for her to be stoned to death. And not only that, she will now go around because everybody knows how babies happen. And her identity is radically changed. Yet the way that Mary responds is interesting. Now, it's important that we understand Mary was never intended by God to be an idol that we worship. It's intended by God to be an example that we can follow. What she says in Luke chapter one, verse 38, Mary said, behold, she's she's responding out of the angel. She says, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Three things that we notice here. First thing is that she, she identifies herself as a maidservant. This is a position of humility. Other translations translate the Greek word that's used here as slave. She identifies herself in humility and lowliness, and then she identifies who she is beholden to. She's not beholden to her own ideas. She's not beholden to her mom's ideas. She's not beholden to her friend's ideas, what she saw on Pinterest or social media. She says, I am a maidservant. I am a humble servant. I am a slave of the Lord. I belong to him. You are the one that I follow. You are the one that I trust. I don't listen to any other voices because no other voices matter. I belong to you. 
And then she says, let it be to me according to your word. Now, here's the deal. She could never have gotten to a point of accepting this new identity that would have been complicated. It would have been messy. It would have been difficult. She would have spent the rest of her days constantly known as the girl with the scarlet letter. The only way that she could surrender her life, the only way that she could surrender her actions, the only way that she could surrender her future to the Lord is because she first surrendered her identity to the Lord. Can I tell you, mamas, I know that there's a lot of glamorous things that are, that are said about motherhood and there's a lot of amazing things about motherhood, but don't nobody tell you that they will suck the life out of you literally. Don't nobody prepare you after however many kids and you look in the mirror and you go, oh, that is not what I used to look like. Don't nobody prepare you for the sleepless nights. There's no handbook written on what to do when your kid does the thing that somehow none of your other friends' babies do. Amen. Listen, mamas, when you trust in the Father, you understand what it means to surrender your identity to your child. Moms do that naturally. We understand oftentimes what it means to surrender our identity to our husband. We do that well normally on the wedding day. Usually what happens when you become a mom, you take back your identity from your husband. You say, wait right there. My identity now belongs to my child. But listen to me. What you need to learn to do is to surrender your identity to the Lord. Here's what happens if you don't do that. If you don't understand or learn how to surrender your identity to the Lord, then you will be in a situation where you will begin to act in ways that are actually harmful to your child. You, you, you will have all of the best intentions, but you will make poor decisions that will set your kids up for failure. And somebody's going, you better shut your mouth, preacher man, talking to me like that. It is Mother's Day. You better not. But I, want, I, want, I just want to, let me peel the layer back. I want, I want you to see what the enemy of God, what the devil of hell does in, in the way that he, he, he twists your mind to think that you'll be motivated by love. But what he will do is he will cause you to be driven by fear. And what happens when you do that, then you, you will begin to see yourself as, well, I'm broken. I'm a broken mess. I'm, I'm a failure. I'm worthless. I'm not desirable. Or the other side of the spectrum, you'll begin to think, man, I'm popular. Look at me. I'm the mom that every mom wants to invite to every play date. I'm somebody that people want to follow. I'm significant. Or you'll, you'll, you'll take the spiritual lens and go, man, I'm just a sinner. I'm so, I don't know how God could love me and, and all this stuff. And, and all of, some of this, this, there's a proper place for some of this. But when you begin to parent from that identity, then you will begin to do things. You, you will begin to become a lawnmower parent, which is an upgrade from a, a helicopter parent. Helicopter parent just kind of hovers over. Right, like, oh baby, you okay? I'm gonna take care of this and take care of this. Mama's always there and does this and that. But, but then you upgrade to becoming a lawnmower parent. A lawnmower parent just mows down every hard thing that your kid would ever have to face. 
It takes away the difficulty, the things that are, that are tough. It, 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 it says that, well, my baby, my baby should never be hurt. My baby should never have to go through hardship. My baby should never go through hard times. And moms, when you begin to parent from that perspective without realizing what happens is, is you actually end up over loving your kids in such a way that you smother them. You overprotect them in a way that's dangerous. When you overlove and you overprotect, then what happens is, is you begin to infect your kids with your own insecurities and your own shortcomings, and you convince them and teach them by your model and your example to find their identity and their accomplishment and not in the Father. But instead, if you will allow your identity to become secure because you've surrendered to the Father and see that you are a daughter, you are forgiven, you are redeemed, you are rescued, you are ransomed, you are loved, you are secure, you are capable, and you are called. And by his strength, you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. When you begin to parent like that, then, then you make it okay for your kids to see that you're not perfect. You begin to normalize apologizing to your kids when you do something wrong. And instead of trying to convince them and trying to be the perfect mom, as someone else defines, not as your kids define, You begin shifting to realize that it doesn't matter. God never wanted perfection. Jesus went to the cross to die because of our imperfection. What God wants is faithful. And when you surrender your identity to the Father, then, then your shift will, will shift away from all of the pressure of being perfect and be able to rest in the freedom of just str- trying to be faithful. When you trust in the Father, moms, You will wait on the Lord. You won't get ahead of him. You will rest in such a way that it will bring peace to all of the inner turmoil. When you you trust in the Father, you will flourish. He will make it so that your life flourishes even when everything feels dry and dead. When you trust in the Father, you'll surrender your identity. Listen, moms, here's the deal. Yours is the hardest job in the world. You are all at the same time, a provider, a caregiver, a nose and butt wiper, as we learn from the video, a puke cleaner. (laughs) You're a teacher, you're a friend, you're a backboard that every idea your kids ever come up with will bounce off of so that they can score and win. You will always be needed and often ignored. You will be thought of as dumb and stupid and ignorant until your kids reach 25 and they realize that you're not. You're a career advisor. You're a safe place. You're a party planning, fun idea, having good time giver. You are a mender to bruised flesh and broken hearts. You're a counselor to relationships and issues. You are oftentimes the first call with both great and tragic news. 
You're the one that they'll call when they don't know what to do when they have kids of their own. And when your kids are grown and on their own, you will be their cheerleader in their successes. And you'll be their burden carrier in their failures. Doesn't matter if you're a highly successful CEO in the business world or if the further most advancement of your career is defined as a stay-at-home mom. In all of your endeavors and in all of your important things that you will ever do in this life, perhaps the greatest contribution you will make to the world is not a task that you perform, an initiative that you lead, a cause that you champion, or a bottom line that you passed. It will be a kingdom-advancing, hell-crushing, Jesus-loving disciple and world changer. The strength you need as a mother is only found when you trust in the Father. I'm gonna close with Psalm 9. It says this, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. Do you ever feel oppressed? Where there's literally just opposition pressing against you and maybe the opposition feels like it's coming from down the hall. A refuge in times of trouble. You ever not know what to do? You ever not know what the right decision is? You ever have so many things that are happening that you're just like, dear God, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Please help me, save me. He says he is a refuge. And those who know your name, speaking to God, and put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. God does not forsake those who seek him. The strength you need as a mother can only be found when you trust in the Father. So I wanna make this practical. Y'all know if you've been here for a long time, you know that I like to try to make things practical. So let me ask you this question, moms, as we close. What is it that you fear right now? I want you to think about this. What are you afraid of? Is it something in your career? Is it something in your marriage? Is it a health issue with somebody in your family? Is it something going on with one of your kids? What are you afraid of? With this truth, that the strength we need as a mother is only found when we trust in the Father as our anchor, then I want you to understand that that what you fear is very telling. Because what you fear most reveals where you trust God least. The point of me including this final thought here is again, not, not for the purpose of conviction or condemnation. I hope it's a source of inspiration. Because as your pastor, I want you to be able to know and rest and flourish and wait and surrender so that you can see the goodness of God demonstrated not through just your successes and your strengths, 
but in your failures and in your weakness. That God is just as faithful there as he is in the victories. And my hope for you is that you would leave here not thinking about, you know, oh man, I'm so afraid of this and so afraid of that. My hope is, is that you would leave here with these two thoughts in your mind, that, that, that God, what do I fear most? And that you would learn to pray and you would take that fear and you would, you would bring it to the Father and say, God, would you help me to trust you in this? I can trust you in all these other things. Help me to trust you in this. Why? Because the strength you need as a mother is only found when you trust in the Father. And whatever it is that is causing you to be fearful or afraid now is an incredible opportunity that God is inviting you into a deeper relationship with him and a deeper understanding of his goodness and his provision. I pray that you will trust in at Discover Church, we exist to see our city changed by Jesus, one life at a time. If you'd like to take your next step of faith today, text the word FAITH to 816-203-1835. Again, that's the word FAITH to 816-203-1835. If this is your first time listening, we'd love to connect. Reach out to us on social media and let us know that you've found us through the Discover Church podcast. Thanks for listening.